What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Coolness Club. Today's episode eight. Very excited to be back, and we got a little bit of change in the schedule. Um, we're going to be working out some new times here with the podcast. I just don't know if the 5.30 a.m. slot is going to be sustainable for a couple of reasons, just because yesterday when we did it, I physically remember just like my brain not fully being on yet because the way I had it in the morning routine was like right after the run, which is right after I wake up. Like it's wake up at five, you know, chug some water, brush my teeth, and then just like get straight to running after I'm any stretch, you know, come back, it's 5.30, and then like podcast is up next. So like haven't had any coffee or anything yet, and you know, like just pretty much just rolling out of bed like a half hour before, and like yesterday, um, anybody who's listening probably knows that it wasn't the best episode of all time. I think it was probably the worst, if, uh, if not one of the worst that I had uh, personally like, after reviewing it and stuff like that. So I think we might change this up. Uh, the, only, the only problem with that is sometimes, you know, entrepreneurs when the day gets away from us. So that's kind of what happened today is 924. Really, really don't have time for this morning to sleep at a good time. But, you know, made a promise that we're going to be doing this every single day and staying here fulfilling it because nobody said it was going to be easy in any facet of life. And of course, you know, recording a 15 to 20 minute voice recording of some game or some stories every single day, obviously it's not easy. You know, you might run out of content, you might run out of stories and things like that. You want to make sure it's as valuable as possible for your listeners. So we're playing around with things a little bit. I kind of like the night slot, but it's the same thing if you're getting super tired at night. Maybe we'll pick out a good like smack dab time in the middle of the day or, or, or really just work something out. But it's exciting to see that we've made it this far, to be honest. And um, I've got a, got a couple of interesting things to go over and some lessons I learned throughout the day. That might be a good reason to have it at the nighttime slot just to kind of go over the day, how it went, and really like the lessons and takeaways that we can have based off of something like this. So I would say definitely want to go over networking and how like... You hear about it all the time. Your network is your net worth. Your network is your net worth. It's not about what you know. It's about who you know. And that's the stuff you hear all the time. So I want to make that a little bit more tangible for anybody listening. Because, of course, if you are in any type of entrepreneurship whatsoever or you've gotten any sort of success, Instagram reel on your feed at any time, I'm sure you've heard something like your network is your net worth or it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And while those things are very true, they're just very cliche and I think people overlook them. So I want to give a a real life example from today. I saw a TikTok a couple days ago and it was like right when I re-downloaded TikTok to start posting content on there. And the guy was talking about, he's like, if I have $350 in my bank account, I'm spending 300 of it on a gym membership. And everyone in the comments like, why? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? And he's like, of course, like you get the nice gym and stuff like that. But it's the people you network with there. It's really where it's at. And like if, if somebody's spending 300 plus dollars a month on a gym membership, they're a certain type of person that's going to go to that gym. And it's, and it's an interesting school of thought because like anybody that's at a certain echelon of status or business like had to have networked their way up to the top to some extent. To some extent, they had to network. And with that being said, it's relatively easy to network with people like that. I went on a guest pass to uh, a gym over here in Florida where I'm at. It's a very nice gym. I think it's like $250 a month there. And uh, one of my one of my roommates was nice enough to give me one of his two guest pass 
for the whole year. We got to go there, get a nice workout. And obviously the place is super nice, overlooks a, a very nice area, a very nice part of Florida. But at the end of the day, you know, you're in the sauna after a long workout, you know, just talking about strategy with uh, with my guy, Clay. We were talking about different upgrades to some of the products that we have that we could possibly do. And a guy sitting next to us is just like, what are you guys talking about? And all of a sudden, you know, we're in a conversation and this guy's talking about, you know, how he's coming out with a new automated stock trading app that he's been coding. This guy graduated from Cornell and it's like literally like, wow. Like, I don't know if that's just a, a coincidence or like a not not common occurrence because the first time I went to the gym. I was at the gym for two hours and a guest pass. We make this connection. You know, obviously follow each other on Instagram. I messaged him, uh, got his number, and now we're connecting when he comes back from this upcoming trip. And it's, it's really exciting stuff because this is a high-level person. This is not somebody you meet at a Planet Fitness. And you never know, like a connection like this could make well over $250 per month. Or like, I've, like connections could pay for like the year of the gym membership or something like that. Or you never know who this guy knows that could lead me to someone else. And it's like, you're just not getting that. If you're not at the gym, that's $250 a month. If you're at the Planet Fitness, the $10 a month special, you're meeting you know, the, the pizza party loving Planet Fitness. And I'm not hating on it. I had a Planet Fitness membership when I was in college when, uh, when the gym was broken down. I wanted to make sure I was getting in the workouts, but I'm just talking about from a pure networking aspect. You're going to find a total different echelon of people at a high-level gym versus at a Planet Fitness. And I want to talk a lot about networking in general. Obviously, that's a good story from today. But realistically, any opportunity that I've seen from anybody in my direct network that has became a great success happened like you could not have guessed it. Like it was a random occurrence, it was a total coincidence. The same thing with me. Like there was, I'll tell the story. I was on a back-to-back 18 hours, not 16, not 14, 18 hour back-to-back DoorDash shifts. This was when I was, I just turned 18, was a back-to-back 16 hour DoorDash shifts. And one of my friends, uh, for anybody that's in upstate New York, um, go, went to Brockport University. And one of my friends was like, hey, like I got somebody that's into business that I want to, to, to have you talk to him. And Brockport was like an hour and a half away from, from where I was at. And I was door dashing. All I wanted to do was hustle. I didn't want to go party, but there was, there was parties going on. But like the reason I went, because there's business to be had. He's like, Danny, you got to go. You got to go. This guy wants to talk to you. You should talk to him. It's going to be a great connection. I was like, dude, there has to be a killer reason for me to go. Like, I'm not giving up this hustle. Like, it's it's already 6 p.m. Like, I'm not trying to go back home, pack a bag, drive an hour and a half to Brockport just to, like, to meet some, like, Joe Schmo, like, quote-unquote business guy. But, you know, I was I was, I was a little sick of DoorDash, and as fun as I always talk about how it is, I, I went over to Brockport, went to the party, and I ended up talking to a guy in... Um, Anybody who follows my page at all or looks at my story sees uh, sees a guy named Matty O all the time. And uh, he was the guy that I was there to meet. And he ended up bringing me into EDST, which opened up just an absurd amount of opportunities over the last couple of years. Like EDST at first, he brought me my first $10,000 a month when I was 18. Um, really showed me the social media game as a whole. I ended up leaving to join a different company for higher profit margins, ended up starting my own thing afterwards, which is a whole nother story in and of itself. But I ended up coming back to EDST and all of the biggest opportunities were here. And it was because I went to Brockport that night to just go talk to someone who was a quote unquote businessman at the school that like wanted to talk game. And like, 
I think sometimes, you know, because I'm down here, I'm living in a house with all members of EDST. They're all working around the clock. And, like, these are my best friends, too. And I think about it, like, where would I be, like, if I didn't go that one night? Or if I didn't make that one connection that led me to 87,000 other different things. And a lot of people, if you study the stories or if you ask successful people about like how they got their break and stuff, it's going to be kind of random. Like, oh, like this guy introduced me to this guy, led me to this opportunity where I met this guy. And now like that led me to millions of dollars. Like Patrick Bet David, he, he always says like, I met a guy who introduced me to 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 a guy, me to a guy that ended up making me $10 million or something like that. And it's, and it's absolutely ridiculous. But the, the point of all of this is you don't get anywhere by sitting on your hands. You don't get anywhere by sitting next to someone that looks high quality in the sauna and not saying anything to them. You don't get anywhere. And it's the same thing if anybody's watching this, you know, you had a crush on a girl or something like that. Like you don't get anywhere by not talking to the girl. The only thing that it's going to do is eat at you on the inside because you don't know what would have happened. You think maybe it could have went well or maybe it, it wouldn't have gone well, but you never know because you didn't try. But like at the end of the day, like if you asked the girl and the worst possible thing that could happen was like, no, like, fuck you. Like, I, I love your best friend. Like, that's probably the worst situation that someone could get after talking to a girl. Like, realistically, you just get the experience and you experience that brutal of a rejection it honestly could end up being a good thing at the end of the day because once you experience that brutal rejection, like you know that it's not going to happen that badly again and all of the other rejection that you're going to face from asking different questions later on down the line is going to be nothing compared to this because if you want to do anything special in this life, I promise you're going to get rejected around the clock. Like I'm getting rejected plenty of times throughout the day. Like I know um, – we're going to touch on sales and, and my thoughts on sales uh, in, a, in a later episode. But in sales, it's a game of getting rejection. And all you want to do is just help people and, and introduce them to something that you know is going to change the game for them. And you just get told, you know, no around the clock. No, 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 no. Nobody wants to get told no. And it really, it cripples a lot of people with fear because, like, obviously who wants to get no said to them around the clock? But at the end of the day, if you don't get any no's, like, where are the yeses? Not every answer is going to be yes, but the only way that you can guarantee a result is if you sit and do nothing. If you don't ask, if you don't talk to that person, if you don't ask that girl out, the only way you can guarantee a result is by doing nothing. And that result isn't going to be the one that you want it to be. And you never know what's going to happen, but you always feel good after taking action. I heard uh, I heard Alex Hormozzi say in a podcast not too long ago about how Sadness is just not knowing what you're going to do next. And anxiety is just having options that you don't know which one you're going to pick. So if you have a clear path and you're constantly taking action and you're figuring out what to do next, there's no way you can be sad or, or anxious. And I, always, I talk to a lot of people that tell me, oh, you know, like um, I have constant anxiety, like I'm insecure, like I'm, I'm depressed and things like that. And, and although I know that they're very real, I think the root of all of these mental problems are just inaction. As simple as that. You're not doing anything. If you were waking up, getting after it, working towards a definite chief aim, like Napoleon Hill says it's the way words is a definite chief aim. If you're working towards something like that and that's your purpose and that's what you're waking up and getting after every single day, like you don't have time to be depressed. You don't have time to be anxious. But like if you're constantly taking action, you can't be anxious. But if you're constantly sitting on your hands, even in pursuit of something big, which is something a lot of us fall victim to, like, of course, you're gonna be anxious. Like, 
if you're in the pursuit of something awesome and you have an opportunity to talk to someone like a big time business player, let's say, for example, and you don't end up talking to them or like you're right next to them, you have a chance to like make a move or something and like your heart starts beating, you're not doing anything like that's where the anxiety comes in. It's because you're not doing anything. When you're in the moment, you're taking care of business and you took the leap of faith and you talk to the person, you ask the girl out, like you're not anxious in that moment. Your heart might be racing because you don't know what the answer is going to be. But after you figure out the answer, you're not going to be anxious. Now you know the result. You have your definite result that already got handed to you. The only way that you can be super anxious about something is, is just if you're not doing anything, if you're not taking any action. Like, And I think that ties into of like where self-confidence stems from. I was talking to one of my mentees on the phone today and he was talking about, oh, yeah, like I'm stressed out. I'm, I'm anxious and all this kind of stuff. I said, you know, you make promises to yourself, don't you? Yeah. Said, do you ever break them? Yeah, I break them sometimes. That's it. If you don't have an overall good reputation with yourself, you're not going to be able to be self-confident. Like I know for a fact I could get myself into any terrible situation, you know, obviously like excluding maybe like killing somebody, but I could put myself in a bad situation figuratively or literally. And I know I would get myself out of it because of the amount of trust that I have in myself that I can get myself out of the situation. I think a lot of people deep down don't believe that. Like I always knew if I went in, went into a test, whether I prepared for it or I didn't, like I know like I have the mental bandwidth to figure something out and make this happen. It was always a big confidence thing. So I, I really believe that that translates into just having a good, a good track record with yourself. Like if you constantly make promises to yourself or you constantly fail yourself, that's where you have no self-confidence. And that's where you are anxious when things come to play. And that's why like... If you get knocked down, it's harder to get back up because you're so used to being knocked down by yourself all the time. If you can bring yourself up, if you constantly have a good rep with yourself, it's going to be a lot easier to get knocked down by other things because you know you got you. Like my mother always used to tell me, there's only one person that you have to look in the mirror. There's only one person that you have to report to back at the end of every day. There's only one person you got to check in with. It's not your mom, it's not your brother, it's not your girlfriend, it's not your wife, it's not your best friend, it's not your dog. It's you. You are the only person you have to check in with every single day. And if you're not happy with who you look back at in the mirror, it's a serious problem. Not just for you, but for society. And this is like a, a whole wormhole I could go down. I might actually do it right now. Insecurity is the root of all problems. Any problem that is caused in society was started by somebody whose ego got hurt or that is totally insecure. Insecure men are the ones that cause all of the problems. Men that aren't secure with themselves, especially the ones that get into power, are the ones that have this that cause the serious issues. Like if you look at somebody, like I was watching, uh, I was watching Bar Rescue the other day. I was uh, I was doing a lot of work, but I was at uh, I was at my mentor Chris's house. And we had bar rescue on. I had, I had my laptop open. I was half washing it. And I was thinking to myself, like, they showed this story about this guy. I think his name was Mike. And he had, like, a bar that just, like, he clearly didn't care about. Like, he was $300,000 in debt. Like, his wife and him were about to, like, lose their house. And I was just thinking, like, this guy's a bitch. Like, dude, like not like, of course, not just because of the situation he was in, but the way he carried himself. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, like, 
this guy is clearly just extremely insecure. He didn't surround himself by anybody that would like really help bring him up or anybody that would tell him he was wrong. And anytime someone told him he was wrong or someone told him he had to critique something, he would always tell him, quote unquote, like piss off. Like, I don't want to hear it. He surrounded himself with no men whatsoever. Only women that were like 60 and above plus his wife, plus like maybe another bartender. But he was surrounding himself with people that wouldn't bring him up because he's very insecure and he didn't want his insecurities to get tapped into again. And it's, it's very dangerous when these type of people get into power, especially like politics. I see this big time too, with like creating laws and stuff like that. When things get passed it's like by people that are insecure. This guy at the bar... He's shutting down his bar, he's $300,000 in debt. At the root of that, he's insecure. If this guy was secure, believed in himself, and believed that he could get himself out of the situation, he'd be doing everything in his power to get himself out of the situation. I promise you, he wouldn't be that far in debt because he was going into that debt for years. If he would have one day just woke up and be like, dude, like, get it together, could have turned it around like crazy. But I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, guys. We're at 16 and a half minutes right now. It's one of the longer episodes. I want to make sure I keep them short and sweet so you guys can listen to these on your commutes. As always, please leave some constructive criticism in my DMs at Coolness. And I appreciate you guys for listening in every single day. I really just want to see you guys win at the root. So that's where the constructive criticism need kind of comes from. Because at the very root, I want to see everybody that's listening to this win. So please. Shoot me a message as always, and I I really care about you guys. Talk to you guys in the next episode. See you there.